Emily Swallow, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm. How are you today? Hello, I'm doing great, thank you. Awesome. We can't tell you how excited we are to talk to you. One, because you're just fantastic and, and we're huge fans. Two, you're on the biggest show in the universe right now yeah, with, the Mandalor- <laughs> I mean, with the Mandalorian. Um, oh, that old thing. Yeah, you know that little thing. As if that wasn't big enough, we're huge Supernatural fans and yeah. we've got a ton of Supernatural, oh, awesome. you know, proud members okay. of the Supernatural family, so you know. I love it. Well, what we like to do real quick is just kind of give a brief introduction of you to the listeners and everything. So I, I definitely am intrigued by this, and I think they will too. How do you go into acting and the career that you went into out of Middle Eastern studies? <laughs> how, how did that well, transition I mean, happen? Isn't the answer obvious? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, you know, I, uh, I grew up performing, and I loved singing, and I loved acting, but I also loved a lot of other things, and I also just didn't have anyone in my, like, direct orbit who, uh, who had gone into a career in acting, so it sort of just didn't even strike me as a possibility, mm-hmm. but one thing that I did love was uh, political science and foreign relations, and so I thought uh, I would go into a career in the foreign service, and um, specifically the Middle East. So that was my major um, in my undergrad at UVA. But I am very fortunate because the drama department at UVA does not require you to be a drama major to get to work on the productions there. So my time in undergrad was pretty evenly split between like my major and all of the academic classes and then just doing as many plays as I could at the drama department and falling more and more in love with it. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, and I, I had one particular acting teacher who finally said to me, like, is this something that you want, that you think you might? want to pursue professionally and it just took him asking me that and I finally finally sort of admitted it I said yeah I, th- I think I do want to give it a shot so he helped me work on auditions for uh, conservatory programs and I auditioned for and got into NYU's grad acting program and the rest uh, continues to unfold <laughs> and there That's you go okay. yeah how, how'd the family react you're like hey I'm gonna kind of set aside this uh, career where I can make a living and I'm gonna go to this career with nothing but rejection mm-hmm. how, how, how'd that go over well I mean I personally I think that I had a pretty great strategy because I went from saying hey mom and dad I'm gonna go work in an embassy in Jordan or something oh that's true. <laughs> good point that's a good point to New York and try to be an actor good point good point <laughs> I'm sure they they were much happier with the safer route. That that's that's excellent. Yes, that's absolutely definitely. true. I mean, they've always been incredibly supportive. So I've been so so blessed in that regard because it it definitely helps to have family support when you're dealing with rejection oh, all over the place. Definitely, definitely. And so did did you get started in theater? Is that how it, it all started? Yeah. Kind of made the move into film and television from there? Yeah. Um, and you know, honestly, like when I first started, I was like, why would I ever want to do anything but theater? Because I loved it so much. Um, and I do, I mean, there are things about theater that are just not possible to replicate in film and TV that I love about the process. I love that you're in a room with the same actors and the same directors working on the same text for an extended period. And there's nuances and subtleties that you find that you just never really have time to find in the same way with film and TV. Um, And I love the audience, you know, that you're performing in front of an audience every night and they're part of the experience. So 
there's parts of it uh, in that way that I would never want to stop doing theater, but I definitely don't do as much as I used to. Right, right. Yeah, I heard in another interview that you said you uh, you want to make sure you do one or two every year just to keep it in your blood type stuff. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's really where I get a chance to stretch and to grow. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I do try to do one or two a year. You also worked on stage with the one and only Tom Hanks. Oh my what gosh, was yes, that I like? did. What was that, that guy. like? <laughs> that guy, that guy, like the nicest guy in Hollywood, right? That's his like tag, his exactly. moniker, right? Yeah, I mean, he's he's obviously very nice, and um, one of the the coolest things that I took away from working with him was just seeing how I mean he works incredibly hard but there's no sense of worry about it and mm-hmm. he was playing this character that was really challenging because he's you know he's wearing a fat suit and he's dealing with all this Shakespearean text and right right you never have enough time when you're rehearsing theater um and you never got the sense that he was like coasting along or not putting in the work you knew he was working really hard but he never had any sense of worry and it just set the tone for everybody in a way that I think helped the process so much because there wasn't this need i think sometimes when we're we're feeling challenged by a role there's this need to like show like how difficult this is and how i'm grappling with this Mm -hmm. and i just need you guys to know that i'm working really hard and he was just so relaxed about it um and willing to you know make big mistakes and trying to find who this character was and that opened up that opportunity for everybody in the room to not worry so much about like looking good or like making the right choices and i think that that made the whole show better that's awesome. That's awesome. You have definitely been fortunate enough to get onto some huge shows. I mean, and, and not just huge shows, but shows that have like these massive followings. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, th- we we mentioned the Mandalorian and Supernatural, but also Seal Team, uh, the Mentalist, Castlevania. All of these things like have huge fan followings, which is just crazy. What's that like? I mean, d- d- and do you find yourself like when you're walking on the street, there's certain people that recognize you from certain shows like like what's that like it's awesome (laughs) because i mean first and foremost like the thing one of the things that i said i love about theater which is having that interaction with the audience when you get to meet the fans like that's your audience Mm -hmm. and so i love hearing what stands out to people about like different episodes of supernatural or different aspects of the mandalorian and i'm always intrigued by the overlap that happens between different fan bases you know who likes one show and also loves another show right um but it's it's been such a rewarding thing to get to do like conventions and Mm -hmm. to get to know fans more and more because they just have such passion for these shows and and uh and such love for the characters and love for the stories and it it feels really good to know like what what resonates with them and what they still hope for and what it is that they take away from it um and in terms of getting recognized it happens occasionally not that much i definitely don't think i'm ever going to be getting recognized for the armorer <laughs> <laughs> you better not because you're not allowed to take off that helmet you know right, right. i know right it's <laughs> so funny um, but yeah it does it happens uh it happens overseas a lot i feel mm-hmm. like it, it happens like when i'm traveling overseas um or you know somebody on an airplane so you definitely always want to make sure that you're you're on your best behavior so that nobody catches you like being cranky with a flight attendant oh yeah right right <laughs> that's hilarious but let's jump into it the mandalorian uh was this, I mean, it's Disney, obviously, and we've had some other Marvel guests on the show, and they said the audition process was really hush-hush secretive. Was it the same way with the Star Wars crowd? Was it very secretive? Like, did you know what you were auditioning for when you went in? Um, I had 
a vague idea of what it might be. My agent said, we think this is something to do with Star Wars, but it was very, very secretive. And mm-hmm. at this point, you know, I've, I've gone in for plenty of things that have like fake scenes mm-hmm. and right. fake names in the side. So you kind of just say, okay, I'm going <laughs> to treat this as I would any other audition and kind of like make the connections right. that I think I can make and not worry about the rest. And I'm really glad for that because with The Mandalorian, um, I mean, I had no idea how big it would be. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad because I think it would have been a lot more stressful. But but I did go in knowing that this character was like the leader of, of these people that mm-hmm. were in hiding and kind of like a spiritual guide in a sense and somebody who had this... Um, calm quiet authority and my audition scene was pretty similar to that scene in the third episode where uh she's kind of bringing down the hammer in a very yeah. light yeah. way with the, with the mandalorians <laughs> that are getting ornery and trying to fight with each other yeah, yeah. that's great i i liken it to i call you mama mando that's right <laughs> seriously the one scene in the in the last episode where you just you're you telling them no no go and you start whooping ass on all the people coming in that was epic yeah that was definitely like you know um what what, what's it like were you excited about the fact when you found out that it was going to be a lot of physical stuff because your face wasn't going to be seen like i mean because i gotta i gotta imagine that kind of plays a difference in the way you approach it if you know it's more physical than actually showing face emotion right yeah well i knew when i auditioned that uh my face wouldn't be seen um but i didn't know exactly what the mask and what all of that were going to look like and i really enjoyed the challenge and we because i was in the first episode and we were we were block shooting the first and third episodes at the same time Mm -hmm. um so dave filoni and deborah chow who were directing those um we were really working together, all of us that were in masks, um, and working with them to try to figure out like what to find the language of these characters and to find how each movement would be communicated. Because since you can't see our faces, uh, you quickly realize that every move that you make tells some sort of story. Right, so you right. have to decide, is that the story I want to be telling or is that distracting from the story? And, right. And it was a really, it was a pretty cool challenge because I've never gotten to do anything like that in television. So I enjoyed it. I liked not uh, not having access to my normal facial expressions or, <laughs> you know, getting to like raise an eyebrow or give a little wink or something. Right. It's kind of cool. It's a new challenge. I mean, yeah. uh, I heard that you and Pedro actually go back a little bit ways. Yeah, we know each other from the New York theater scene. Um, and then we got to work together on The Mentalist totally randomly. So it was awesome to get to, to work with him on this. Yeah, and he, he just seems like a really nice and humble guy, especially for that experience. I saw him at a convention, and he was just like, what, I get to be the Mandalorian? <laughs> like, oh, he's such a good guy, yeah. That's well, awesome. And, and, I mean, like you said, like everyone that was involved, it was just such a, uh, obviously a very talented group of people, mm-hmm. but also just so humble and so generous and open-hearted, and it was a great group to be with. Yeah, seriously. How was it? How was Baby Yoda? What was that like on set? <laughs> Um, the puppet is ridiculously cute. Yeah. yeah. You have to keep telling yourself, it's not real, it's not real, it's not real. <laughs> but it looks 
looks real. It's yeah. so cute. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and is there some point I'm getting? I'm hoping maybe that the armor comes across. I mean, because it definitely seems like Mando's not getting rid of it. Yeah. it it's 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 going to be around. So you never know, right? Yeah, Mando's not getting rid of him whether he wants to or not. No. <laughs> and I love that too. I loved in that uh, in that last episode when he's like, "Wait a minute, you want me to watch after this?" Da da da. You know, he's like basically. I, I don't know if I can do this. Right. And she just says, this is the way. This is exactly. The way. This is the way. And by the way, kudos on the hashtag because you are just like champ at, at using the this is the way hashtag. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> um, we think, and, and I'm sure it, it's one of the reasons that it's been such a massive success that, that it has been a phenomenon, really. Um, Favreau. John Favreau's writing, I just think it's absolutely brilliant oh, how he's made he's this incredible. space western. And, and what's it like working with him and being involved in that because I've been a long time fan of Favreau as well I just think he's genius and what's that like? He's genius and he is just so completely open and curious and does not doesn't need to, to doesn't need anybody else to like think that he's super important he's just there to like get his hands dirty mm-hmm to bringing people together. I mean, he's such an incredible team leader, and I think he's so great at um, establishing a spirit of, of collaboration and of um, playfulness and, and making sure that everyone's on the same page and everyone's playing in the same world. And, and one of the things that I heard that I really saw come across was that he, you know, he'd hired these directors who all have very different styles and right. encouraged them to, to direct their episodes using their own styles. But also they all talked and they all, um, you know, shared ideas and they all communicated about like, what is this, uh, overall arc of this season and what is the main thrust of the story that we want to be communicating and and I think that he's just so great at listening to people and encouraging um, encouraging these ideas to come out and he like you said he's so smart and he has so many great ideas and uh, seems to have completely endless energy I mean I remember right. <laughs> I was doing uh, some looping for one of my episodes so I was in a sound booth in New York I think and Dave Filoni was on the line and John was in and out because he was also doing like final edits on the Lion King or something. Right, right. (laughs) You know, jumping back and forth between these two huge projects, but like totally there, totally with it. Um, He's just such a great, great person to have at the helm for something like this. And you totally trust him. You feel, I mean, I I feel like I knew while we were making it that it was going to be incredible, that Mm -hmm. it would be um, of this really high artistic standard. I had no idea like, the kind of fervor that it would create but i knew that we were making something that was going to be really good definitely and i think the passion because he's he's a fan you know first and foremost he's a fan going in so he has this passion for the project already from a fan standpoint that's got to play into him making it right oh absolutely yeah and even just you know the the heart of those stories and the hero's quest and all the the joseph campbell stuff that george lucas used when he was first creating those first stories john loves that aspect of the storytelling too and you feel that and and i think that's also like his passion is part of the reason that the heart of the series is so strong because everyone that was working on it just loved it i mean you could feel there was this like giddiness in the air right um i think with every single person because we knew that we were creating another part of this story that's been going on for like 40 years now yeah yeah and I mean, speaking of George Lucas, did the man himself ever come on set? 
He did. He came, uh, I think it was for John's birthday. Oh, nice. One day. And I remember I didn't even know he was there, and I was just like walking from our sound stage across the other one, and he's standing there holding court, um, <laughs> you know, telling stories to people. And I just can't imagine what it must be like to to recognize, to, to, to come to this point from, like, struggling to get those first movies made. Right. Um, and, you know, just trying to, like, do what he could with not many people believing it was going to be any good and mm-hmm. no one wanting to give him money to now, like, having all this incredible technology and right. having all these people who want to be involved with it. It's very cool. Yeah, it's so funny that you brought that up because uh, one of our past guests uh, was uh, Oscar winner Roger Christensen, a production designer for the original Star Wars films. And he talks oh, wow. about that war that Lucas had to get it made and the struggle uh-huh. that it was with these five guys in a room that nobody wanted, you know, try. it was crazy. So uh, it's awesome that you brought it up. Um, one of the things that that we really think that you do really well with the armor and i think it really the same thing with supernatural because i want to talk about supernatural too is that you make these characters likable even though they might not necessarily be good people or they might not necessarily they have a, a agenda you make them like i mean let's talk about amara supernatural okay darkness right she's just totally not good not good yet somehow you find yourself rooting for her you're like she just wants love she just just wants to be with yes. Dean, Thank like you. you. <laughs> and well, I think, I mean, honestly, I think that's sort of written into it. And that was the that was the thing that I had to connect to because you know I always had to find the point of connection between me and a character. And this was the first time I was faced with playing someone who basically like had superpowers and is this, right. this uh, you know somewhat omniscient being. And I certainly can't relate to any of that, but I could relate to the part of her that was wounded and felt misunderstood and i mean i think you said it exactly right like ultimately she was acting out in all these ways because she wanted she wanted her brother she wanted her family and she wanted love and uh and people just weren't you know she comes into the world with the name the darkness so that's not really a good (laughs) good place to start to get people to like you right she definitely acted on her uh frustration in some ways that uh were not super conducive to friends making but (laughs) she found her way (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was brilliant the way you pulled off the character. Like I said, the entire run, I was just rooting for you, and I was hoping Dean would just go for it, you know? <laughs> oh, thanks. Oh, man. So what was that like? That that, that show, I can, finally going off the air after all these years, you know, bringing it to an end. Again, the Supernatural family and just like this this huge phenomenon that it was. Wh- what are the guys like? I mean, are they are they genuine? They just seem to be Sam and Dean, like these just two genuinely good guys who care about each other, have this thing going. What's that like? What are Jensen and Jared like? Yeah, they really are. They're genuinely good guys. They're so welcoming. I mean, you never know when you're coming into a long running show what kind of atmosphere it's going to be. If people are going to be tired, or if they're going to be like, you know, we got this. Like, just fall into line and do what we do. And mm-hmm. And when I went into the show, I just felt like they were so excited to have somebody new to play with, and they were interested in my ideas, and they, they understand, um, I feel like they have tremendous gratitude and appreciation for the position that they're in, mm-hmm. and that they've had the opportunity to be the center of this incredibly successful show. They don't take that for granted, and they work really hard, and they make sure that the people around them are happy and are taken care of. I mean, the crew is all so positive and and 
so enthusiastic about working on the show. And so the whole atmosphere is really positive. And I, that's so commendable to me for a show that's been on for now 15 seasons. Yeah, so absolutely. That kind of atmosphere is, it, it doesn't come easily. It, it, you know, you have to make a decision to be positive and to yep. deal with all of the frustrations and the long days and just to be, be positive about all that. Well, and you clearly fit right in. Just hearing you earlier in the interview talking about the fans and the, and the joy you have going to the conventions. I mean, you fit right into the Supernatural family, so. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love being a part of it. Well, and the chemistry between you and Jensen was just fantastic. I mean, you know. Well, I mean, come on. The chemistry between him and, like, a broomstick would be. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. I, I tell you what, I think that there's a reason that you've been with all of these incredibly nice people. It's because you're an incredibly nice person yourself. You seem to, you, you just seem to, to fit in. Your body of work is extraordinary. Like I said, I've been a huge fan forever. How to Get Away with Murder, the SEAL team, just everything you've been on is has been phenomenal and and i I just feel like one of the things that we really enjoy the most is how personable you are towards the fans i think that goes a long way with people in this industry having a long career um you know is is you seem so humble and and so appreciative of being able to be involved with all of these projects that have these huge fan bases and i just think that's a wonderful thing and and i I think it goes a long way with the success that you've had well thank you i mean i i don't take any of it for granted and especially with the fans I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without them being enthusiastic mm-hmm. about it so <laughs> I am absolutely grateful to them and and it's it's fun to get to to get to know people I mean you can't really get to know people online that well but it's fun to get to interact and um and know who the people are that are watching the stories you're making Absolutely. So what do you got coming up? I'm hoping we're seeing a whole lot more of you in Mandalorian Season 2. Well, I can't say anything about that, but I hope so, too. <laughs> Man, you know, you that know. lockdown from Disney. Yeah. Yeah. Hush, 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 hush. yeah, I heard you say you felt like there was like drones watching over you That's on right. the set. Oh, my sure gosh, yeah. You wouldn't say anything. I like, take pictures. take so many pictures, and I was like, I'm, I'm going to get fired if I didn't take a picture. That's right. Because also, when I was shooting, was uh, right around the time that some pictures had been leaked of I think stormtroopers or yeah, something. So yeah. we were on total lockdown. Like we, between my dressing room and the set, I had to wear, um, I called them our, our cloaks of invisibility. There was these black wow. cloaks with yeah. hoods. And we had to completely cover up our costumes anytime wow. we were walking around the lot. Mm-hmm. That but I mean, is... they, I, I'm glad that they were able to keep so much under wraps. Oh, yeah. It made it so much more fun when it all got revealed. Definitely. And, you know, we're not going to we're not gonna force you to say anything because nobody wants to see you, you know, force choked by Baby Yoda. That would yeah, be bad. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that handle come up and be like, you're not talking. That's like yeah, crazy. Not a good way to go. <laughs> no, not it's a good way good. to go. Listen, we, I, like I said, we just could not be more happy that you joined us today and hoping to see, a, we know you can't say, but we're hoping to see a whole lot more of you in Mandalorian <laughs> Season 2 and, and just everywhere. I, I mean, continued success. I, I, I just think, you know, we, we can't wait to see you everywhere. And and, you. and really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk to us today. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was such a pleasure. You guys are great. Oh, well, thank you. Thank and where you. can everybody find you? Tell everybody where to follow you on social media. Um, my t- Twitter and my Instagram handles are Biggie Swalls, which is B-I-G-E-S-W-A-L-L-Z. Yes. And uh, that, that's, I think, the main place to track me down. And I have a, a fan page on Facebook that I try to keep up with. Sometimes the technology gets the better of me, and yeah, I have yeah. no idea what I'm doing. But no I doubt. Try. 
Understand, understand. And one last thing before we let you go. At the end of every interview, we like, because this show is all about uh, giving advice to up-and-comers trying to break into the industry. So what advice would you give to any up-and-coming actor, producer, writer, anything like that trying to break into the industry? And what pitfalls would you say to try to avoid? Oh, boy. Um, I think that maintaining a spirit of curiosity is really important so that things that feel like rejections uh don't have to be rejections Mm -hmm. they're just another step in the in the process and and i i also say that specifically for actors because we audition so much and so we get rejected a lot Mm -hmm. yeah or you can kind of be curious about like okay i wonder how this one even though i didn't get this job i wonder how it's going to fit into the next thing or you know the the greater trajectory i think that that's so important and kind of helps you uh avoid getting disheartened by that kind of stuff um, and I, I think one of the biggest pitfalls is just taking a look at anyone else's career and comparing yourself to them because mm. you could do that to the, the moon and back and never run out of people that you compare yourself to and mm. always come on, up short and it's just a losing battle. So I think the more you can avoid thinking that you have to measure yourself against anyone else, the better. Oh, great advice. Yeah, yeah solid it. advice. I mean, that's the perfect way to end it. Um, listen, open invite anytime you want to come back. You are more than welcome. We would love to have you on again. Uh, you've just been absolutely wonderful, a gem for sure. Well, thank you. Thank you. And listen, we'll let you go because we know you're busy and get back onto the re- the rest of what you got to do and everything. And again, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you guys so much. It was really great to talk to you. Awesome. Have a good one now. You too. Bye bye.